Good morning, Joy Church. How you guys doing today? All right, wave at me a little bit. I can't quite see you, but I can see some motion out there, so I feel like I know you're there. Got these bright lights in my eyes, but maybe it's just your dazzling beauty today. Is that what it is? Well, you guys, I am so excited for today. I'm so excited about what we have in store for everyone. If you if you heard this, we actually have a really big special announcement today to make. How many of you heard about that and are like... I want to know what it is, right? They're making a new season of, no, I'm kidding. No, that's not what it is. Um, for those of you that maybe this is your first time uh, here, I'm Pastor Jake. My wife and I, my, my wife and I, my wife and Bethany and I, there we go. We're the pastors here at Joy Church, and uh, we just want to extend our, our welcome to you. Thank you for being here and hope that this is an incredible experience where you really feel the love of God. And if not, at least you feel the love of donuts and coffee, which is also not as good as God's love, but it's a pretty good close second maybe third to pizza. Can I get an amen? amen? But we don't have pizza in the budget, so you'll just have to do with coffee and donuts. Well, we're so excited today. Uh, as I said, we have a big announcement, but I'm going to make you guys wait a few more minutes and uh, share a couple of thoughts with you today about the past of Joy Church, because today, as we give you an announcement about the future of Joy, of Joy Church and the steps, the next step for us that God's leading us into, I think it's so valuable to, to see where we've come and how God has led us and what we're about as a church. So I just want to welcome you guys. And I promise that I'm going to, I'll go quickly and uh, it will be worth the wait uh, to hear the big special announcement. So today, as we talk about the future of our church, I wanted to just kind of give a little recap of where we've been and where God has led us and what Joy Church is all about. So since the very beginning, when we, when we started Joy Church, we started about three years ago and we didn't start with a big movie screen in a big movie theater with lights and sound and lots of people serving and coffee and donuts and all that. We actually started in my living room. So this was our living room where our, our old house there. And uh, if you think, if you ever have problems with chairs, I want you to think of, look at those chairs. You have it really good. Okay. So your gluteus maximus is enjoying itself right now more than those chairs. That was our entire worship team right there. And yes, there was a time when Kyle had more hair on his face than on his head. Hard to believe, but Kyle and Judah right there. And this is the night before we launched Joy Church. And uh, uh, we've been on a journey since that place. You can go to the next slide, actually. I'll show this. This is a, a group of us that we're going to pass out flyers. This is a team from Medford that came up. And then you can see Evie right there. She's super enthused, enthused about sharing the love of Christ and going out and <laughs> a few people there, Debbie and Gianna and David and the Blotneys and a couple of us there going out to pass out flyers. But the very first night at Joy Church, the very first service, we talked about being a community that would exist not for the sake of our own existing members and our own comfort and our own kind of uh, having a nice religious experience, that we would follow the heart and the mission of Jesus to reach people. That we, from the very beginning, have been a church that was formed, not just to be a membership club that was comfy, where we all kind of got in circles and sang kumbaya and talked about our problems. But we were going to be a group of people that wanted to, to follow the great commission to go into the world and make disciples. And that practically and tangibly looks like for us in the city of Eugene and Springfield in Lane County, that in this community, we want to be a, a, a light. We want to be a city on a hill. We want to be a group of people that's reaching out and letting God's love come through us to the community around us. And that's what we have always been about, about reaching people with the gospel and extending the, the love of God to the world around us, specifically in our community. 
Now, why am I talking about this? The reason is because if you don't get this, that Joy Church has always been and will always be fundamentally about others and reaching out and touching the community, then you won't necessarily understand the scope of what God is calling us to do and leading us into. You see, there are two versions of the Christian faith that kind of float around. So maybe you're here and you consider yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus, or maybe not, but I think we've all encountered these two versions of Christianity. And the first version of Christianity, I'll call them, is the me-centered version of the Christian faith. And this is what it looks like. It's not bad, mo- bad motivated, you know, from a bad place, but, it's, but it kind of gets off, off center. And it's about uh, the personal relationship with God. A, a me-centered Christian might say, well, my faith is just about me and God or God and I, for anybody who cares about the grammar there correctly. Uh, it's about me becoming more like Jesus and, and a better person and more moral and kind of experiencing inner healing. It's about me kind of resting in God and kind of just connecting with God and just having this really great relationship with God. And it, it's very therapeutic. Like I bring my baggage and my problems and my burdens and, and God heals me and he helps me. Now there's nothing wrong with that because how many of you believe God actually does heal you and he actually does touch you and transform you from the inside out? Yes, right, we believe this. But we're missing something if we have a me-centered view, because what happens is we stay fundamentally the same, meaning our life is kind of still in our own hands and our agenda is still what's being carried out. But now with God added to the mix, we feel better. This is what a me-centered version looks like. Now, there are a lot of books you can read and, and even verses you can translate to fit kind of this view that it's basically just you and God and your relationship with God. But there's another version of Christianity And the second version of Christianity is what I'll call the others-centered version of the Christian faith. And this one says, it's not about me getting my way from God. It's about God getting his way in me. It's not about me being, you know, getting something that I need from him so that I can get, you know, I kind of am my own physician and I give, my, I give God my sort of diagnosis and then he provides the pills like a, like a divine pharmacist to fix what ails me. But rather I submit myself and say, God, I'm actually a mess, but I'm giving myself completely to your care and I'm trusting you to transform me into your image. And this really hurts you guys because God comes along and he says, you need to change. How many of you like me have a hard time with change? And specifically change when it's personal and it's because I'm not exactly the way that I'm supposed to be, right? But this view of of Christianity says, no, I'm, I'm inviting God into me to get me to stop being so obsessed with myself and so self and inwardly focused and he begins to transform me and I, requ- I have to lean into his grace because in that process of change, he's actually asking me to begin to look at other people and serve them even when I'm in need. And he's inviting me to, to lay my life down even when I feel like, no, I'm too unguarded and vulnerable and I need to pick my life up. And this other centered version of Christianity says, it's not about me getting my way from God. It's about God getting his way in me and through me. And when we follow Jesus in this kind of Christianity, he calls us out into the world to serve and to love and to lay our lives down. Now you don't sell best-selling Christian books with that message because everybody wants to know three secrets to a better marriage and three secrets to have you know, uh, b- better parenting and three secrets to have a 401k and all that kind of stuff that makes our life better. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, but it's not the core of the Christian faith. 
The other-centered version of Christianity is actually ultimately more fulfilling though. This is why when Jesus says, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. If you make faith and spirituality and your Christian faith about you and what you get from God, and it, and it ceases to be about God and about his vision and, and reaching others, you're gonna end up empty. But if you give yourself away, God actually fills you up and you're ultimately more fulfilled. That's why Jesus says, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lay down your life for my sake, you will find it. So these are the two versions of Christianity. Now, why am I talking about this? Because again, from the very beginning, Joy Church has always put our, our flag very firmly in this idea that the Christian faith is not just about our experience of God. It's about God getting something through us, the gospel that came to us getting through us to reach and touch a community, to make a difference in this city, not to be a membership club where it's just about us and it's not about other people, but allowing God to, to use us, to use our time, to use our resources, to use our energy. And even for, for us sometimes to be inconvenienced, oh my, to actually see the kingdom of God established in this place. And that is what we have been called to do from the very beginning. The very first message that, that I spoke at Joy Church, we don't even have it recorded. We didn't even have a, a recording ability. It was just a, me without a mic in the living room teaching this message, was about Jonah and the city of Nineveh and how Jonah was all ticked off because the tree that he was sitting under wilted. And the Lord spoke to Jonah and said, Jonah, there are 220,000 people in this city and a great number of animals. God's an animal lover. And you're more mad about your comfort than you are about the souls of these people. That was the very first message that we launched this church on. This church has always been and always will be about others to let God work in us, touch us, heal us, restore us as he does to be a wonderful, vibrant community of friends and family that are connected and serve each other, but with a mission, with a mission to accomplish. Now, if there's any debate about this, I'd love Jesus just to weigh in and settle it for us. How about that? So Jesus in Matthew chapter five, he's talking on top of a hilltop and we call this the Sermon on the Mount. And doesn't it sound so much more amazing? I always think of Jesus like riding a steed. <laughs> That's me galloping, if you didn't know I was doing that. I wasn't exercising, you'll never catch me doing that. It was horse. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is up on a hilltop in the region of Galilee and a bunch of people gather around and he delivers one of the most famous sermons, if not the most famous sermons to these people that wanna come and learn from Jesus, what it looks like, what this new worldview that he's bringing into, into action is. And so, they're all listening to Jesus. And he says to them in Matthew 5, 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Jesus says, let me settle this for you. What version of Christianity should we believe in? And I think unequivocally, it's this other-centered version. This view that says, no, what God is doing in me is not meant to stay with me. It's meant to work in me, transform me, but it actually is supposed to come through me and, and affect the world around me. Jesus is saying to these people, hey, you guys wanna buy into this new thing that I'm inaugurating, this new thing that I'm starting, this coming of the kingdom of God that he's been talking about. If you wanna buy into this, then you've gotta understand and connect with this reality. You can't sit this one out. In this life, you're called to be salt. 
It's an agent of change. When you put salt into something, it changes its flavor. It changes the complexity. It changes the environment. You're called to be light, that when it's dark and even a small light comes on, it changes the atmosphere. And you're called to be a city on a hill. Now, Jesus, as he gives this messages in Galilee, and I had an opportunity to be there a couple weeks ago. And as we drove in super jet lagged and half asleep uh, over to the Sea of Galilee, first of all, if you can go, go, it's really cool. Nothing spiritual happens. If you're thinking like in Israel, the Lord is there more than that. No, he's just as much in Eugene and Springfield, but it's cool. It takes the Bible in like 3D. And so you're there and you drive over a hill. And and as we're coming into the, the Lake of Galilee area, you see these lights on a hill and it's a city in Israel called Sophet. And it's the highest city in Israel. And in the night, it was undeniably present, like these lights shining in the darkness off in the distance, though you couldn't perceive exactly what was going on. You could see that city on a hill. And in the day, you could see that city up there on top of this mountaintop. And I think about Jesus preaching this message. And as he says, you're called to be salt, you're called to be light, you're called to be a city on a hill. They would look and they would realize what he's saying is, that as a follower of Jesus, we can't be in hiding and sort of having this me-centered version of faith. It's always been about being out in the world. The point is this, that our Christian faith compels us to be a public presence and to make an impact on the world. And if you're truly following Jesus, then you got to understand where Jesus is going and where is Jesus going? He's going to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus didn't come down from heaven to earth and become incarnated and experience our mud and muck and mess on this planet because he wanted to just see the sights. He came on purpose. He came for a purpose. He came for a mission to seek and save that which was lost. And he formed the church. He formed us as a community, as a congregation to continue that process of being part of the solution, not part of the problem. And so if we as a church are going, hey, we just kind of want to be comfortable and we sort of just want to do everything easy and make it all about us, then we're really missing the point that Jesus wanted us to catch, which is we're called to be that city on a hill. We are called to be salt and light and together we're called to be that shining, undeniable, unmistakable, unmissable city on a hill. Can I get an amen? The Archbishop of Canterbury William Temple said this, and I love this line here. He said, the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. We could put that on a banner, put it on a sign, because I think it encapsulates the heart of what our church is about and what we are trying to be and accomplish in this community, that we are a society. We are a group whose core reason for being is not to benefit ourselves, but to benefit this place that God has put us in. One last thought, and then we're going to move on today and, you, and give the big special announcement, but that we uh, are called the ecclesia in, in Greek. In the New Testament, the, the word for assembly or gathering is this word ecclesia, and it means a gathering or an assembly, but it also means to be called out, that we've been pulled from one reality, one kingdom, one place, the, the kingdom of darkness. We've been pulled out and we experience this individually, don't we? That we get pulled from death into life. When you come to Christ, everything changes. You're transformed but we're pulled out, not just as individuals now to be us and God, but we're pulled out, called out, and we're gathered together as the ecclesia, the called out gathering, and we're gathered together to gather others. We're gathered together for purpose, for mission. And that's always been the heart of Christ. And when you capture this and you see 
Christianity and your faith, even individually, through the lens of mission, it changes everything. It changes everything. And that's what Joy Church is about. And that's where we're going. Now, this morning, I want to invite you just to pray with me for a few minutes as we get ready to move into our special announcement. First, I want to pray for this message and ask God to put it in our hearts. Lord, I pray that as we've heard these words and just even in a few moments to unpack and examine this concept, Lord, that we would embrace that other-centered view of Christianity, that missional serving uh, aspect of this faith. Yes, Lord, it is about you and I. It is about our relationship. But Jesus, you did something so beautiful. You could have hoarded and been selfish with your relationship with the Father, but you came to this planet and you opened the doors for every single one of us and every single ragamuffin person that has taken your name for the last 2,000 years, you opened the doors so that I could have a relationship with the Father, that my family could have a relationship with the Father, that this city could have a relationship with the Father, that my enemies could have a relationship with the Father. Jesus, it's always been about opening the doors. It's always been about reaching people and bringing them in to your family. And so Lord, I pray that we'd connect with that reality today. I pray that it would work deeply in our hearts and it would color and influence and impact everything we do, that we are called to be the city on a hill. In Jesus' name. Real quick, this morning, if you're here and you're like, Pastor Jake, this is awesome, but I'm not even a follower of Jesus yet. Like, I'm just checking church out. I didn't know you guys were gonna do a big special announcement and have special stuff happening. I just kind of came because I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for something. Well, what I can confidently tell you is that what you are looking for the shape of your heart that is longing for something that nothing on this earth can fill is a relationship with Jesus that connects you to God. And you might have all these ideas and preconceived notions of what that looks like, that it means you have to become this like uber religious person. And I want you to kind of lay all that down because what it really means is that you stop trusting in yourself and your own goodness and you instead trust in Jesus and what he did when he died on the cross to pay for your mistakes and failures, what we call sin. And when he died to pay for mine, and he just opened the door and said, hey, through this relationship, you can have relationship with God. And if you want to put your faith in Jesus today, I just wanna invite you to pray with me. Let's bow our heads real quick. If you're here and you're like, Pastor Jake, that's resonating with me today. Like I, I know I've like fallen short. I've hurt people. I've hurt myself. I've made wrong choices. And maybe I don't get everything that this means, but I, I want Jesus. I want a fresh start. I want my relationship with God to be restored. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand today so I can see? Just lift up your hand right here in this place. Thank you, so many people, that's amazing. I just want, Pastor Jake, I just want a fresh start with God. I wanna put my faith in Jesus. He calls ordinary people to follow him, but he does extraordinary things in their life. Let's pray this prayer together. If you raised your hand let's, and let's all pray it together, just pray with me and pray this prayer with faith and sincerity. Dear Jesus, I confess my sin to you. I know I've fallen short of your standard, but I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be reconciled with my father. I give you my life and I receive you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's party. <laughs> Praise God.